One of the current buzzwords around Bible study is inductive Bible study. What is inductive Bible study? What's the point? What steps are there involved? Today, we are going to talk with Katie Epling, and she's going to detail for us what inductive Bible study is and how we can practically apply that to our personal Bible study time. My name is Eva Kabashik, and this is Bible Study Made Simple. Over the past few weeks, I've been releasing old interviews from previous Bible study summits, and I am so excited to tell you that next week, if you're listening to this in real time, is the 2022 Bible Study Summit. This is a three-day free event where you can learn all about how to engage with God's Word for yourself. You can grab a ticket to the Bible Study Summit at evakaboshik.com slash register or just follow the link in the show notes. This conversation with Katie Epling was from the 2020 Fall Bible Study Summit. I still think about this interview regularly, and this is just a short part of that interview inside of the All Access Pass that you can find on my website is the full length interview. So let's jump into our conversation with Katie. Hi, and welcome to the Bible Study Summit. I am so excited to be here with my friend, Katie Epling. Hey, Katie. Hey, Eva. Thanks so much for having me here. I am so excited for you to just get to chat with us. Um, I know that you've got so much just knowledge and experience. (laughs) So uh, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Oh, absolutely. I'm Katie Epling, and I am a writer and speaker in Northeast Ohio. Um, My husband and I have been married for almost 20 years now, and we have three kids. Um, And I love just helping people find their purpose in their everyday lives or in the not so everyday like we're living in right now. Um, I think I find that there are two times when we really feel that we're lost. And one is when life is very ordinary and one is when it's quite extraordinary. And uh, both of those tend to leave us feeling floundering a little bit in our purpose. And uh, I love to just help to root people back into that identity in Christ and find purpose in uh, who God made you to be. That is so awesome. So tell me a little bit about your background. So um, were you like raised in church? Like, did you always know you wanted to help women find their purpose? Like, what? <laughs> like, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are now. Yeah, I think the best thing that describes my ministry is like, make your mess your message. That that pretty much sums it up. Um, I did. I did grow up in the church. Um, so when I was in high school, we had a missionary come, and at the end, he said, "You know, anybody who feels like they're being called into full time ministry, come forward." And I walked up there. My parents' jaws dropped, um, <laughs> and uh, then I, you know, went to college and and. I think it was just, it was sort of in the back of my mind, but I just kind of went on with life. I became a software engineer for a few years and then became a mom. And um, I just had this picture in my head of just the amazing, perfect mom I was going to be. Um, And then my child was born and reality set in. (laughs) And I really, I found myself kind of floundering. Like I didn't, 
feel like my days were very purposeful. Um, I, I knew the big picture of I'm doing important work here, but changing diapers and mixing up formula, um, it, it didn't feel like I was really living out a, a big purpose for God. And so I joined MOPS, which was just a lifesaver for me and sanity saver. And um, that was really where I started to kind of come alive again. And so that's when I just thought, you know, I'm not the only mom here who is floundering. And so I, that was really where I got started in ministry was going back to MOPS and trying to give back to some of the moms who were down in the trenches where I had been. And it just sort of grew from there. My kids, my youngest now is 10. So I'm not in the mops groups anymore, uh, but I still love to go visit them. But just kind of expanding that as my own faith has grown and deepened, um, you know, my ministry has kind of matured from the like, yes, mom, you can survive the potty training years. <laughs> To you know, I, I really want to help women go and women and men go deeper into their relationship with the Lord. That is so good. Okay, so just just so we know what it is. What is MOPS? Just oh, I'm sorry. Curious. <laughs> I tend to throw that out like everybody knows. So MOPS stands for Mothers of Preschoolers, and it's a okay. worldwide organization. The first time my mom told me I should look for a MOPS group, I was like, I, that doesn't sound appealing at all. I don't like housework. <laughs> I, what, what is MOPS? So, uh, but it's for anybody who has kids, kindergarten or younger. Okay, that is awesome. That is so cool. And I love that you used, you know, this like group that you can find, you know, I, I mean, I know our town has a mops group, maybe yeah. if you're watching and your town doesn't, but you use a, like a group and that's kind of where you found your ministry and your group. Absolutely. And um, it's kind of like a normal thing. So I think yeah. that that's just, that's so great. Um, yeah. And so encouraging for maybe somebody that just needs, you know, they need a refresher in their life. Like just take yeah. a step, go meet somebody. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's Great. Well, and there's so, um, there's just, there's so much to the, this idea that we're, we're not meant to live in isolation. And, um, you know, honestly, motherhood, especially in those early days, it can be really isolating. You know, I, I, you can just, as you kind of wrestle through some of those early, the mom guilt and, and the decisions that you know, you're trying to make all these choices that feel like they're these big decisions. And it can feel like oh, I'm the only one who struggles with this. Everybody else just has it together. And that was the biggest thing for me with mops is walking into those meetings and saying, man, I, I can't believe I feel dumb that I'm struggling with this. And they're like, oh yeah, me too. Like, oh, okay. We're in this together. So I think that community aspect is huge. I think that's so fantastic. I also think that there's an element of that with Bible study. Like I yes. think that you can feel so isolated and um, intimidated by the Bible yes. and you think, oh, everybody else has got it together. You know, they've got their Instagram worthy pictures with their coffee mm -hmm. and their Bible. Yep. And I'm, you know, sitting over here and I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. So how do you, I don't know, normalize some of those questions when it comes to Bible study? Mm. It's a great question. I think, I think what you're doing here is a great place to start. I think when you see people coming together and talking about it, again, you think, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one who wrestled through this or is wrestling through this. Not the only one with these questions. Um, so that's a great place to start, you know, getting involved in a Bible study. Uh, you know, even if it's one other person, even if you just say, hey, um, we don't have to 
it's great if you can do a Bible study together, but even if you have a friend that you just say, hey, can you help hold me accountable? Like, I'm going to be trying to work through this book of the Bible, and you can walk through that one, but can we kind of talk and make sure that we're on track here? Oh, yeah. you know, those are great places to start. That's fantastic. I remember when I, I did a Bible study summit in the spring, and yeah. I did, I sent out an email, and it was like, what are you struggling with when it comes to Bible study? And I mean, I received hundreds of responses and there were generally about five or six things mm. that people were struggling with in that like hundreds of group, you yeah. know, like hundreds of responses. And so I think that that just yeah. knowing that you're probably not alone. Right. Like, and, um, yes. so, and I know Katie would be willing to answer a DM. I'd be willing yep. to answer a DM. Absolutely. If you're curious and you just want to know, like, uh, <laughs> is this weird? I don't know. We would be happy to help you with that. So how, as you are, you know, wrestling with this purpose and all of this, like, how Mm. does this, like, how does studying the Bible help you find your purpose? Like those seem like two kind of different things. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. That's a great question. I think here's where they overlap. If you look at the Westminster Catechism, the first question is, what is the the primary purpose of man? Mm. And it's the primary purpose of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That is our main purpose that God has put us here on earth for. And we can't do that if we don't know him. And so there's the overlap. You know, I, my husband and I have been married for almost 20 years. And, you know, in order to, for that to work well, we have to spend time together. You know, we have to know each other. We have to make intentional choices to think about um, the other person. And it's the same thing. This is the most re- important relationship that you're going to have. And so we have to spend time getting to know God. And the primary tool he's given us to do that is through his word. Amen. That'll preach. <laughs> so good. So how do you approach Bible study? Um, like what is your like favorite method for approaching Bible study? So I guess two things that I would say are, are super important. And one is just creating some rhythms in your, in your life, in your days. Um, I think we, well, I guess I can only speak for myself. It, given in my background, I became very wary of legalism. And so I think sometimes we look at uh, religions and cultures that have very strict times to pray and ways to worship. And we think, oh, I don't I don't want to get too close to being legalistic. But I think there's value and there are things to be learned from making sure that throughout our day that we are doing things to again, come back to God, remember God, remember who we're serving, getting to know him. And um so I, for me, and that's been a relatively recent thing that I've started, but I have time set up throughout my day. And in fact, it kind of drives my husband and kids crazy because right now I have an alarm that goes off every two hours that reminds me to pray for my kids because I have teenagers and they need a lot of prayer. So, <laughs> but I have some regular rhythms set up. So one of those things would be getting up and reading the Bible in the morning, but I think sometimes that if that if that's your only rhythm, then it can just become a thing that you check off the to-do list. But if you set up little triggers throughout your day, like when I fold laundry, I'm going to remember the thing that I read this morning, or I'm going to take a walk every evening and reread something in, in the word and pray over that. But creating some rhythms throughout your day. 
I think is, is one important key. Um, the other is that I tend to use inductive Bible study, which I think is just a fantastic Bible study method. Um, so if you think about inductive reasoning means that you take um, a, a specific set of information. So in this case, it's, it's the written word of whatever we're reading, and then you use that to draw conclusions. So that's inductive Bible study then. Um, so that's, that's one of my favorite things, uh, ways to study the Bible. That is so cool. I think that the rhythms is like, that's like mind blowing. Um, <laughs> like folding laundry. What else are you doing? Like, right. I don't know. And I think that the alarms is also, um, just a great way to get into the habit of thinking about God more often right. and developing that relationship with him that I think is brilliant write it down do it what with yeah. watching do it well and if you think about it i mean and, and god has sort of built some of this into creation too where like we're hungry every single day mm. right we eat and then we don't it's not like we get up in the morning and we eat and then we're good till the next day we eat well i eat a lot throughout the day <laughs> <laughs> right but generally at least three times usually more but that's, that's the same kind of hunger. It's not, again, it's not about checking something off a to-do list. It's about making sure that we are continuing to come back and fill up with that, that spiritual food throughout our day. That is so great. Um, so tell us a little bit more about this inductive yeah. Bible study. Like, could you walk us through like what that looks like? Yes, I would love to. Okay, so there's kind of three big um, steps, for lack of a better word, in inductive Bible study. And, and you'll hear this broken down different ways by different teachers, but the, the three main ideas are observation, interpretation, and application. So observation is where we ask, what does the text say? And I think that sometimes when we approach Bible study, this is where we think, well, I read it. So that's, that's my observation. <laughs> and we want to move on. We really want to get to application. Yeah. We want to know how does this affect my life, right? But when we come to the Bible, the number one question that we're asking is not, what does this mean for me? It's, what does this teach me about God and who he is? So with that as our big question, then we come to observation and just spend some time here. Spend some time reading God's word. Um, then go back through and think, okay, well, again, what, what did this tell? What attribute of God did I learn about? What characteristic of God did I see on display here? Um, look for repeated words. That's generally shows you some importance. Um, and just write down just general observations. Like it, it can be simple. Um, I actually, we're doing a Bible study tonight on Ephesians 1-7, and our pastor encouraged us to write down 16 observations <laughs> from the one verse. So I'm not saying to do that on a regular basis. You don't have to dig that deep. But the this verse ends in a period. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you get to that point, right? I, I mean, I think one of mine was, it's the beginning of a sentence. You know, it's, so yes, you know, you, you don't need to dig that deep, but spend some time really thinking about what does this actually say? Write down if there are things that you have questions about. I don't know, you know, maybe read it in two or three versions and say, oh, well, this, they use different, different words for this here. I feel like that kind of changes the meaning um, or gives a richer understanding of the meaning. So write those things down. 
um, that's your observation, but just take your time there. It's, it's easy to try to go past it real fast. Um, and then step two is interpretation. So that's when we're trying to figure out, okay, we know what it says, what does it mean? So what does, is the author trying to communicate to the original audience? I think that's really important. I think we tend to forget, um, but the Bible was written for us, not to us. There's a, a, an original Ooh, that's audience. Good. Yeah, there, there is an original audience it, that, and these words had meaning to them that sometimes get lost to us. And so I think it's important to have that perspective. Take a little time to be a detective and think about who wrote this, who was it written to, what period of history was it written in, and look at the style. And I guess I should have said that even before the, the before we got started is what style is this written in? Because the Bible is so rich and it's got, yeah. you know, it's got letters, it's got stories, it's got laws, it's got poetry. And you take different things away from those um, different styles. So, you know, this interpretation is where we're going to really figure out what are, what was being conveyed to the original audience. And this is also when we can start to answer some of those questions that we wrote down in observation. Um, and you guys, we live in this amazing time where we have Google and, you know, we have all these tools like right at our fingertips. I know that it feels intimidating sometimes to be a detective for the Bible, but it's never been easier. <laughs> um, Can I tell you a secret? Yes. So people all the time think I know a lot more scripture than I actually know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll just Google it. Like, right? it's, it's so easy. If you've got like a phrase, like part of it in your head, you're like, oh, and then you just Google that phrase. Like nine times out of 10, that verse will pop up. It's crazy. Yes. Yes. And there are great tools out there. The Bible Project is one of my favorites. They have oh, yeah. amazing videos that can really boil down big ideas. Um, and Blue Letter Bible is a great website. And that's where it, again, if like, if you're seeing repeated words in the passage that you're studying, go back and look that up and it will look it up in the original language and tell you how it's used and where it's used in the Bible. And it just gives you such a richer understanding of what you're reading um, and the connections throughout the Bible. You know, and again, with interpretation, as you're looking at what does it mean, you know, the, the Bible tells one big story with all those different styles and books and messages. We have, we have creation, fall, redemption, and restoration throughout the Bible. And so everything we read is going to fall into those categories. And so look for that. Look for what does this tell me about God's big story and where does that fit in? So that's, that's the interpretation piece. Okay. Can I, can I yes. stop you before you get to application? Absolutely. You, you have a very good understanding. And I think that sometimes maybe it can be intimidating because yes. maybe you think like, Oh, well, I don't know as good as Katie does. So <laughs> I can't actually follow this method. Did you like go to seminary or school or anything for this? Or, I have like, how not. I went, to, you know, I, I have a degree in computer science. That is my qualification for Bible study. I love so, this. No, um, I, I have picked up a lot along the way. Um, again, there are great tools out there at our, at our fingertips online. You have tools like this Bible study summit where you can pick things up. Um, I will say a fantastic book 
if you just really need something to help give you some structure for Bible study, is called Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. Phenomenal. I keep it with my Bible when I'm doing Bible study because she really helps to pull out some of those steps and questions to ask. I'm pretty sure that's like seminary in a hundred page book. Like, (laughs) no, she's amazing. That's so good. Yes. Okay. I really just appreciate that. So if you are watching this and you are like, whoa, I can't do that because that's way too intense. Let me be clear. You can do this. (laughs) You can. Yes. Yeah. And again, ultimately we are asking just three basic questions, right? So observation is what does it say? Interpretation, what does it mean? And yeah, that's going to take a little bit of work, but again, we have Google. So it's, it's not as intimidating as it sounds. And then we get to application, which is how does this text change me? Mm. So this is the part, again, this is the part that we like to get to, but we really got to make sure we're spending time on the the, the first two parts, because those are the parts that really help us to make sure that we're doing the third part correctly. So we get to application and we go back and look at what did I learn about who God is? Was there a characteristic, an attribute of God? How do I have a richer understanding of him? And then what do I need to do in response to that? And, you know, praise is always a good answer, right? We, we can praise him, always good. But is there something that I, is there a command I need to obey? Is there a perspective? Did I have a different understanding of who God is, of what a Christian is, that I maybe need to spend some more time thinking about? Um, is there something I need to repent from or an apology that I need to make? You know, it, it can be, sometimes that application can be a really specific, like, I need to go call this person. Yeah. You know, but sometimes it's often, it's a bigger, I have a greater understanding of God and my relationship with him. And so I'm going to respond in some way. And that's the application. Honestly, in some ways, that's the shortest part. (laughs) Yes. Oh, this is so good. I think that was so fantastic. So um, if there is just like one thing, like if you want people to walk away with this with one thing, um, what what would that be? You know, just, just get started. It it feels so intimidating. It feels so overwhelming, but it does not, you know, when we study the Bible, really the goal is not to come up with some unique gem that no one's ever thought of before. And honestly, that's probably not good. (laughs) If you're reading the Bible and you're like, I am the only one who thinks this, that that's probably not a good sign. So the, the goal is just to know God more. So just start, just read his word on a regular basis, spend time with him. That's it. Oh, that is so fantastic. Thank you so much, Katie. Yeah, I so appreciate you. you taking your time to just come and uh, give us a little wisdom. Uh, we just, yeah, we absolutely. really appreciate it. Yeah. Wasn't that such an amazingly helpful interview? Oh, I just love this conversation. And Katie is one of my favorite follows online. Make sure that you follow her, but also she has a free five-day prayer shakeup. I've personally done this prayer shakeup and it is awesome. If you feel like you need some life breathed into your prayer routine, this would be a great resource for you. And as a bonus, it's free. So you can find that on Katie's website and I've got the link in the show notes today. 
I'm so grateful that you joined us today on Bible Study Made Simple podcast, and I can't wait to chat again next week.